Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, Kelly Sander along with uh, producer engineer Michael Mergens welcoming you to a gloomy, rainy day and Monday. Boy, the Carpenters group from the 1970s certainly would not like today. But there's lots to be happy about. Golden Eagle fans, we're glad that you're with us. Coach Will Hall about to join us here in a moment. This first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Not too late to order your Thanksgiving turkey, ham, whatever you might want to have smoked or prepared exactly the way you want it so that you can pay attention to family and friends and leave the cooking to Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Cooked here, loved everywhere, and big supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. We're proud to have Dickies as part of our family here at Super Talk Mississippi. Joining us as he does uh, most Mondays, depending on uh, the schedule, is head football coach Will Hall. And although he's a little bit under the weather with a co- with the cold, he's certainly on top of the world as uh, the Eagles come up with a dramatic victory, eleven in a row now over Louisiana Lafayette, and. Coach Hall, as we welcome you, this game had just about everything you could possibly imagine, both on the good side of the ledger and on the bad side of the ledger, but the Eagles emerge victorious, as you always do. Let's break it down into the different departments, starting with your view of your team's offense last Thursday night. Yeah, you know, offensively, uh, Kelly, you know, I thought thought we did some good things. We rushed for over 200 yards again. I think that's the third week in a row we've been able to do that for the first time, I think Jack Duggan says, since 2015. So we were able to get the run game going. Mixed in a little bit of pass there. We had a chance at an explosive on a long pass play. We probably should have caught Ty Mims mistimed his jump. Uh, you know, but we, we made plays when we had to make them. Uh, you know, specifically late in the game when we fumbled, when Frank fumbled and they ran it all the way back and took the lead. We just wanted a methodical drive all the way back down the field uh, to score and tie the game. And then when we got it to overtime, I really felt like that the way we were built, uh, the way we were running the football and, and the way with Ethan in there running the ball at quarterback, I thought that, you know, it was going to be hard for us to, to not win that game. And, and I thought our kids were resilient. Uh, we had our opportunities to blow the game wide open. Like I said, we had a long touchdown that should have been caught. And then we missed two field goals. Uh, that really could have stretched that game out offensively. Uh, all in all, you know, the turnover takeaway battle was tied two apiece. Uh, explosive plays, we had six, they had five. But they, they pretty much dominated the kicking game on us. They ran a kickback, which is totally inexcusable for that to happen. The second time that's happened to us this year, which is just, like I said, inexcusable. 
And uh, in the red zone, the difference in the game, though, was red zone. We were four of four in the red zone for touchdowns, and they were two of five. And then on third down, we were nine of 18 at 50%, third and fourth downs combined, and they were six of 15. So we dominated time of possession again, you know, for 33 and a half minutes. And I kind of think that's that's where the game, you know, swung right there. So all in all, we got the run game going again. We'd like to make a few more explosive plays in the passing game, had our opportunities. Uh, thought it's probably the best our offensive lines played since we've been here. Uh, really handled a lot of different stunts and blitzes and was able to run the football on a good defensive football team. We're actually first in the conference right now in rushing in conference-only games. Uh, you know, so we're, we're running the football at a high rate, specifically the last three weeks. And yeah. uh, some things we can build on moving forward. Yeah, a couple of a couple of uh, follow-ups about your your offense, coach. A lot of people pointed to the strength of Louisiana's defensive front against the air quotes inconsistency of your offensive line. But based on that performance Thursday night, the naysayers can certainly be put back in their seat. This is a line that certainly is capable, as evidenced by that performance Thursday night, against a way above average defensive front that the Cajuns threw at you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, we've we've really gotten better as the year went on. Like I said, our last three weeks, we've rushed for over 200 each week, over 300 one week, and we're first in the conference in rushing right now in conference only games. Uh we've played seven conference games and and uh we're we're leading the conference in rushing in those. So we've gotten better as the year went on. Like I said, that was probably our best performance uh this past week and it's something that's been been really good to see. Okay, now the now the sixty four thousand dollar question. You have a decision you and your staff have a decision have you made the decision yet on Ethan Crawford whether to burn the red shirt or not? I have made the decision. I'm not going to tell you because it would be it would be a disservice to our program. But we have made the decision, and uh, and you understand you know, a lot, that, a lot of, yeah, you understand. I have to ask the question. Heck yeah, you have to ask. And all <laughs> Golden Eagles should ask. And uh, but you know, hopefully, we're going to be able to keep that quiet because it's advantageous for us, you know, to keep that quiet going into this game because it obviously significantly impacts the play on the field for this game. Okay, so now let's talk about uh, the defense of your of your club. You know, when you look at the total yardage, Coach Hall, it's unbelievable. Both teams, 390 yards on the button. This game could not have been any closer statistically than it was. Yeah, 390 yards, and both teams had two turnovers. Like I said, the difference was red zone. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, an area where we've not been great since we've been here, but where we are improving – and like I said, we were four of four with four touchdowns, and they were two of five right. with only two touchdowns. And that and third down, fourth down percentage was the difference. But defensively, we played extremely hard. We finished the game well in overtime. We won the third down battle. We did force two turnovers. Uh, you know, we had uh, three fourth down stops, two inside the one-yard line, which was huge. Uh, I felt like we allowed them to move the ball. But we didn't let them, uh, outside of that one long pass play, we tackled them and made them snap it again. And, uh, you know, when we do that, we allow our D-line to make plays. And uh, when we needed to make a play, we did. Our kids never panicked. Uh, you know, I thought our, I thought we just kept playing. We tackled well. We've improved so much in tackling over the last four weeks, uh, specifically all our new DBs and those young guys were tackling so much better. There's some things we'd like to have done better. Uh, like I said, we let them get that deep shot right there late. Uh, we didn't do a good job of matching all their bootleg passes sometimes. 
And uh, but we only gave up five explosives, uh, which in a college football game is a, a really low amount. And we tackled well. We had great fourth down or you know low red zone stops, and uh, so that was good to see. And it's and it's always it's always so uplifting to see you know the goal line stands and and for officials to take the time and do what they need to do to get the calls right. And I think in every instance they got them right. Yeah, they really did. You know, and uh, I mean it was obvious on the uh, replay that it that it was right, and that's what's great about replay. Sometimes, you know, as college football fans, and I know I'm certainly a college football fan as well, we can get tired with the tediousness of the replays and all that. But at the end of the day, as a coach and a player that's in the game, you want you want it to be right. You know, when it's right, you can live with it, even if it doesn't go against you. But when when you get beat on a bad call that wasn't right, that that's really uh, disheartening. So. You know, replay is a good thing, even though sometimes it is tedious and, and uh, you know, it's not always fun. You know, it seems like every week that we talk to you, there's there's two or three of the of the areas of the game that your team does does well. Uh, and there's one area, and this week it just happened to be special teams that didn't play so well. You got the win. That's the bottom line. But um, on, on something like a kickoff return like that, and and just generically speaking, Coach, what generally goes wrong on kickoff coverage when a guy makes a house call on a kickoff return? Yeah, we had two guys completely void out of their lane, and uh, you know there was a, there was a lane big enough to drive a truck through because two kids avoided uh, outside of their lane. Uh, completely inexcusable. Uh, we've got to play better. We've got to coach better. It cannot happen. Uh, you know, since the Texas State deal happened, where we. We kicked it to the wrong area. We've been really good in kickoff cover. You know, uh, versus Monroe last week, we were incredible. Versus App State, we were awesome. Uh, you know, but but that was inexcusable. And, uh, you know, it just cannot happen. It's something that was addressed immediately in game and fixed at that point. Uh, but it just can't happen. It cannot happen. And, uh, you know, outside of that, we missed some field goals. We ended up letting our true freshman kicker get in and kick extra points. Mm-hmm. He did a good job, and uh, our punt blocked. Our our punt protection team was awesome again versus a myriad of looks. And uh, you know, Ty Mims dropped a punt one time. Fortunately, he was able to get back on it. And uh, so it was a game where you know we did lose the kicking game battle. Uh, fortunately, we were over to overcome it with the way we executed in the red zone and the way our defense held them out in the red zone. You know, we're heading into our first break here in a moment. And in our second break, with, in our second segment with Coach Will Hall, we're going to talk about the upcoming game with, um, oh gosh, whoever they're playing this weekend. The memory, <laughs> it escapes me. But you were, ta- you were talking about tackling. And tackling are kind of like lawyers. You know, you don't really know that a team is tackling poor unless you have a bad one right kind of like lawyers you 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 don't notice it until you're doing it poorly uh and yeah tackling it's it's a such a basic element of the game but you better do it well man that's that's going right down to the base the basics tackling especially on the back end because when you miss a tackle in, in the secondary the next thing they do is score a touchdown you know we've really improved over the last few weeks well, we've got a little ACDC to take you into break, a little back in black, but we'll, for the sake of this program, we'll call it back in black and gold. And we'll continue our discussion with head football coach Will Hall after this timeout. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment.
Southern Miss to the top. Campus Bookmark sponsors our second segment of the Eagle Hour. And, and as you'd have to be blind not to see all the Christmas decorations going up in all the stores, which reminds you, of course, that it's right around the corner. And for your Southern Miss fan in the family, well, it's one-stop shop at uh, Campus Bookmart. Everything that you can possibly put a Southern Miss logo on, they've got it for you ready to go. If you have a $5 limit in the office uh, Dirty Santa or you've got somebody you want to spend a lot of money on, they've got everything in there for you, including all the latest apparel, Campus Bookmart. The large yellow building across from the main entrance of campus or 24-7 at campusbookmart.net. Campus Bookmart, proud to be with us here on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty on vacation. He will be back with us on Wednesday. Luke Johnson out uh, this week doing some further education. Kelly Sander along with producer engineer Michael Mergens. And the star of this show every Wednesday is head football coach Will Hall as we bring him back in and talk now about uh, an upcoming game this Saturday with the Mississippi State Bulldogs up in Starkville. A little bit of extra time to prepare and I know you've touched upon this before coach but how does and and routine is a good thing usually but because of the Thursday night game with uh with the Cajuns you had a few extra days how how does that uh how does your schedule work in those strange weeks where you have in this case extra days to prepare yeah so we got in uh, early Friday morning you know we do everything in the mornings here so we got in early Friday morning and put the previous game behind us we watched the tape special teams and then offense defense let the kids go and have Saturday and Sunday off because we're late in the season brought them back in this morning and we uh, had meetings and practice this morning so we gained an extra day of practice today and we gained an extra two days of rest on Saturday and Sunday so uh good for us this time of year uh, you know, to heal up and, and, and have a little bit of extra time and preparation. So uh, everybody was fired up and ready. You know, today we had a great practice, and we'll be back out there in pads tomorrow. Yeah, let's talk about healing not only externally but internally. Man, what, what two wins in a row, and not just for your football team, but what it can mean for any team to win two games in a row. I would imagine, although you guys never quit, and it, by the way they practice, this is me talking, I would never know whether they've won or lost two games in a row just by the way that they practice. But I would think, man, they've got to be clicking on all cylinders and just having a, an especially good time. Yeah, you know, I appreciate you saying that about the way we practice. And that's what you want. And uh, you want kids to always be focused on the task at hand and always be focused on improvement. Because there's no such thing as no change. You know, you are either going to get better or worse. And one thing I've been very proud of since we've been here for three years is we've we've gotten better as the season went on. And not all teams and programs do that. So the way we practice and the way we develop, you know, is right, and it does work throughout a season. Uh, you know, Kelly, we're a young team. We've talked about that a bunch. We've only got 12 seniors. And you can really see these young guys growing and getting better. So to win these games, uh, number one, winning is the goal. Number two, you know, for them to see the fruits of their labor and to finally reap a little bit of a harvest was good for them moving forward. Uh, you know, we believe, you know, regardless of those outcomes, we really believe where we're headed. We believe in how we've recruited we, the youth of this roster and how they're getting better. I think anybody that really understands building programs in football understands that we're headed in a really good direction. But it is good to get those wins to get a little bit of a reward for, for all the work you're putting in. Physically, are we getting anybody back? And on the downside, are we losing anybody going into the game in Stark Vegas? 
You know, we should be able to play with everybody that played this past week. Uh, we're considerably healthier right now than we were in the middle of the season, specifically, you know, when we went to play South Alabama. That was when we were at our lowest point from a roster standpoint with the most people out. Um, so we should be about as healthy as we've been uh, for, for all year. I mean, for, you know, the last few weeks we've had our guys we're going to have. You know, we've lost some, some players defensively for the year on the back end that aren't going to be back. But the people that played versus Louisiana and the people that played versus Monroe and out, for the most part, we're going to all be back playing. All right, well, let's talk. Let's have the audio chalk talk now, Coach. You got uh, Mississippi State, who it's you know no secret that they uh, were handled pretty pretty easily by Texas A and M. But again, these are SEC schools. This is like it or not, people. The SEC, you know, they've got some powerhouses there. So even teams that are lower in the standings than the SEC still have great players. So tell us what's especially problematic about Mississippi State. The big thing with them is, uh, you know, they're one of the oldest teams I've ever coached against. I mean, they've got nine senior starters on the offense and eight senior starters on the defense. Uh, you know, they've won nine games last year, I believe. They've won a bunch of games over the last few years. So unfortunate what happened to them with Coach Leach passing away. You know, what a great, what a great man, what a great football coach, what a great legacy he left. And this was going to be their best team. You know, I mean, they had all their guys they had built towards this team. They've got a lot of old guys that have played a lot of good winning football there, even though that necessarily hadn't happened this year. Uh, they've got a lot of really good players. And uh, so that's the biggest thing. Defensively, you know, they've got some really good D linemen. They're local. Jaden Crumity from Oak Grove and Nathan Pickery from Seminary are NFL players, no doubt. Uh, their linebackers, Jet Johnson, those guys are all seniors and old, played a lot of good football. On the offensive side, they've had quarterback issues because Will Rogers has been hurt. They're playing two guys that are, are, are different. One's a runner, one's a little more of a thrower. They've got five senior starters on the O-line that have played a ton of football and played really well. And they got one of the most dynamic players that we played against all year in Tulu Griffin from Philadelphia, Mississippi, number five, as a kick returner and as a wide receiver, slot receiver. So good football team. They, they, they've not had the year they wanted, but this is a group of young men that's won a lot of football games for Mississippi State. And they've all been playing for two, three, four years and made a lot of plays for them over the last few years. And, and you, there really is no way to tell how this team is going to respond now that their head coach, Zach Garnett, has been fired. We're going to actually talk about that in the next segment. Not because nobody's rejoicing about this. Again, we're talking about you know Mississippians, their families, and, and so on. But already some of the names being thrown about have significant ties to the Sun Belt. Um, and, and as Coach Hall just mentioned, a lot of these kids are from our, our backyard here. But it, there's just no way of knowing how this team is going to respond to the upheaval that they now face in Starkville with uh, the things going on up there. Right, Coach? Yeah. You know, I don't want to comment too much on, on that, Kelly, because, I mean, I, I'm in the profession. I've got a lot of respect for him. I, I, I don't know Zach Arnett that well, but I know he's a great guy. And there's a lot of people on staff up there that I have a lot of respect for and have known for a long time. And You know, college co- coaching college football is a tough deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a brutal profession, uh, and, it, and it is what it is. So um, what they're going through is tough on anybody. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we're certainly thinking about them, but, 
we got a big game this weekend, man. We play them, we're going to try to kick their butt. Sure. No, no, I I hear you. And and a lot of people have referred to this game coming up as maybe Southern Miss's bowl game. But, but I, and you're going to freak out when I mention this, but I mean, depending on the math, you win this one and you beat Troy at home, there's a possibility that, you you know, like Rice did a couple of years ago, you might could sneak in a, in a bowl game. I, I know that's down the road, but what the heck? Why not shoot for it? <laughs> well, that was just last year with Rice, Kelly. We oh, that's, that's right. That's but, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, man, look, for us, you know, like I, like I say, I know it sounds cliche, but it really is. I mean, you're around enough to know. We're really just concentrating on having a great Monday. And we've done that. Now we got to have a great Tuesday. And uh, that's what we can control. Everything else outside of that, you know, is what it is. This sure. is a huge game. It's a huge game for Southern Miss. Uh, you know, it's a huge game for our people. We don't get these opportunities to play in-state. Uh, the in-state SEC schools a lot. One of them won't play us anymore at all. So this is an opportunity that doesn't come around, every, you know, but every so often. And it's something we're putting everything we've got into from a staff wise from a player wise from equipment managers to trainers everybody that touches this program has got any black and gold in them at all is dumping everything they've got into this week because it's just an unbelievable opportunity that you don't always get yeah so let's let's not mention names but just generically i am will hall you are happiest about what about your team right now and will hall you are least happy about what part of your team right now i'm happiest right now about the growth uh, the growth of the young kids, uh, how, how much better we've gotten, uh, the issues we've solved, you know, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're better in so many facets than we were early in the year. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm happy about the young kids that are playing through the injuries. Uh, I'm least happy, uh, you know. The fact that you even <laughs> have to happy. think about I'm that. I'm least happy. Good for I'm you. I'm happy with myself. Well, no, I'm least, well, there's a lot. There's a lot on my mind. I can answer that a bunch of different ways. It's not, I'm least happy with myself. How about that? You know, I'm the leader of this program. Uh, I'm not happy that we're three and seven. Uh, we're, we're about four plays away from having a really good season. And uh, not making those four or five plays is something that, 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 that I've not gotten over yet, and it'll be a long time before I ever do. So I'm least happy with myself. How about that? Well, that, that we, we threw it out there, and, and you answered it, and we respect that answer. As always, Will Hall is not afraid to take the tough questions, and his uh, Eagles will fly into Stark Vegas this coming Saturday to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and he'll rejoin us on Monday, hopefully to talk about uh, a good performance, regardless of how that score winds up. Hopefully the Eagles will are going to give it all they have and maybe emerge emerge victorious. Coach Hall, continued success. Best wishes. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kelly. To the top. To the top. Coach Will Hall joining us. And again, what's going on in Starkville, it's a Southern Miss program, but again, we're going to kind of, it is a Mississippi school, so we're going to talk about what's going on at State, some potential successors now, some names on that list, and their ties to the Sun Belt. That's next. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. The third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Tuesday night, it's Sin at 4th Street Bar and Grill. No, that's Service Industry Night. That's where they... You know, the the servers and the dishwashers and the cooks and... Better make sure they establish that, though, because they may get some... 
different clientele. Well, no, that, <laughs> call it something else. <laughs> well, they actually, they actually call it Sin Night, but it does. It is an acronym for Service Industry Night. The people who normally serve us behind the scenes, like I say, the cooks, the dishwashers, the people that you normally don't ever see at a restaurant, they're waited on hand and foot on Tuesday nights. They're the guests of honor, so to speak, at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Wednesday night, trivia night, of course, pool tables, dartboards, and a place where everybody knows your name, like the TV show Cheers years ago, and all the Southern Miss games, men and women always on the TVs at 4th Street Bar and Grill, right over the 49 Highway Bridge there on 4th Street. That's why they call it 4th Street Bar and Grill. We're glad that they are with us. On the Eagle Hour. Glad to have uh, Will Hall, as always, with us. Now, normally Lee Roberts joins us this time of uh, of the show on Mondays, but he is uh, working out in Lost Wages this week, so he will not be able to join us. But the Mississippi State-Southern Miss game, a little bit of a a few details about that game, scheduled for an 11 o'clock kickoff, 11 o'clock Saturday morning in Starkville. Mississippi State opens up a 14-point favorite. Now, according to the Massey ratings, Mississippi State should be a 25-point favorite. So, I don't know, that should, those of you that, that do the betting thing, that might be some insight for you or not. The game will be televised on ESPN+. Plus. If you have the SEC Network+, Plus, it will also be televised there. So, Southern Miss against Mississippi State, again, an 11 o'clock kickoff. Now, if you didn't hear this morning, Mississippi State, Former now Mississippi State head football coach Zach Arnett was relieved of his duties this morning, a little after a year of uh, being given the head coaching position after the death of then-coach Mike Leach. Arnett was the defensive coordinator under Mike Leach. He is going to receive somewhere in the neighborhood of a $3.5 million buyout, which was um, not uh, not exactly, you know, the as far as college football buyouts go not a big one of course i would take it right and to go to the house but anyway um and of course some of that would be deducted if he takes another job somewhere else based on the salary anyway that's neither here nor there but zach arnett has been relieved of his duties all right so already there's spin going on the different different spin doctors out there as to who are some of the names that mississippi state is going to look at all right, now, of the ones that are mentioned, and the ones we're going to focus on in this segment are people with Sunbelt ties, and there are significant Sunbelt ties. The first one on seemingly everybody's list, including Cowbell Corner, which is kind of a Mississippi State you know, fan base type of uh, publication or internet service or whatever you want to call it, Jamie Chadwell who is now at Liberty University. He's got the Flames undefeated this year. Of course, they're in Conference USA, so nobody really hears about you know, Liberty. Ranked among the best in the, in the country. Of course, before going to Liberty this year, he was at Coastal Carolina the last couple of seasons. There's your Sunbelt tie at Coastal Carolina. There is some Mississippi ties as well with Jamie Chadwell. He was at Delta State in 2012. So Jamie Chadwell, they wouldn't have to go very far necessarily. Uh, to get Jamie Chadwell, who is at Liberty. And I guess the reasoning here, Michael, is that everybody would think that who wouldn't want to coach in the SEC? Right. Right? I mean, the, arguably, uh, the premier conference in, when it comes to football in the country. One of the other names that keeps popping up, as it should, and I think I even mentioned this a couple of days ago before we even knew that this was going to happen, 
at, uh, at Mississippi State is Troy's coach, John Summerall. John Summerall, who was raised in Summerall, Mississippi, right up the road here, by the way, in Lamar County. He's the head coach at Troy right now. The last two seasons, his Trojan teams have a master record of 20 wins and four losses. Now, he was the linebacker coach in 2018 at Ole Miss. That might work against him in Starkville, but to know that he knows the SEC would be important for folks at State. So John Summerall, Jamie Chadwell, both of those guys on the list uh, of potential replacements for Zach Garnett. So is Charles Huff, who is currently the head coach at Marshall. Now, Charles Huff was the running backs coach at Mississippi State in 2018. He was then hired by Nick Saban at Alabama to coach there before taking the head coaching position at Marshall. So there's a third guy with Sunbelt ties. The fourth guy on the list is coaching at a place that is difficult to coach at because of the academic high standards, but all he does is win, and that is Willie Fritz at Tulane. Again, the Green Wave going to win the AAC. They've lost one game. They're in the nation's ranked among the nation's best. And of course, before he was at Tulane, and by the way, he and Will Hall coached together at Tulane, but before Willie Fritz took his winning act to New Orleans, he was the head coach at Georgia Southern. All right, so there's four guys for you that are on the potential list of who Mississippi State might go after to be their next head coach. Now, some other people that come up include Tom Herman. Now, you might remember that name. Tom Herman is now the head football coach at FAU in Conference USA, and he's not, you know, not setting the world on fire there, but Conference USA is a tough place to, you know, tough place to get get some athletes, right? But four and five there, but he used to coach at Texas and at Houston. So as far as being able to coach marquee programs, he has experience doing that and doing so as a head coach, right? So now there's no Sunbelt connections there necessarily, but other people that say to look out for that might be, might have a shot at getting this job. One of them, interestingly, is Dan Mullen. Now, I know you're going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dan Mullen, he's the former Mississippi State head coach. You are correct, sir. And then went to Florida and was fired at Florida and has been, t- been doing television the last three years. But really, an argument could be made for Dan Mullen in that not only does he know the SEC, but he knows Starkville and knows the situation up there. And really, he's been probably the most successful coach that they've had in a long, long time in Stark Vegas. So maybe Dan Mullen is a guy to, that they'll look after. Also, a guy that's supposedly on the horizon as a next rising budding star as a head coach in NCAA Division Division One is a guy by the name of Casey Dunn, D-U-N-N. And you're going to wait a minute. Where, where's he from? Well, he comes from a place that Southern Miss has tapped many times for their coaching, head coaching positions. That is, Casey Dunn is currently the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. 
where Larry Fedora came from, where Todd Munkin came from. Of course, Todd Munkin now the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. So Casey Dunn is another one to watch. Lance Leipold, the head coach at Kansas in the Big 12. The Leipold apparently is a company guy, said he's really not interested in you know, leaving Kansas. Kansas is Big 12. It's already a Power 5. They got plenty of money at Kansas because of all the basketball money that comes in every year. And a younger fella, Rhett Lashley from SMU. Now, SMU is getting ready to join the ACC. So that might keep Rhett Lashley at SMU and as head coach of the Mustangs. But they are 8-2 and two on the year so far. So that's a great season. And Rhett Lashley has a great future, but it might continue to be at SMU as they go to the ACC. And SMU, it could be argued, could match money with just about any school in the country. So there you go. And again, this is a Southern Miss show, but I know that a lot of Mississippi Mississippians have ties indirectly or directly to the team that Southern Miss is playing this Saturday. But interesting to me was how many of those names that we listed have Sunbelt connections, and especially John Summerall at Troy, because if, if John Summerall is not the fit in Starkville, I, let me just say, I don't think, Michael, he's going to be the head coach at Troy no. next year. No. I mean, based on, on that resume, uh, he has just done a terrific job. Troy, again, headed to the championship game in the Sunbelt as the Western Division champs, and it might be against James Madison. James Madison has officially made its second appeal to the NCAA to get that waiver, you know, so that the two-year transition period can be waived. You know, James Madison undefeated and would certainly would certainly be the best representative in a, in a bowl game. And they're already the Eastern Division champions, but as it stands now, can't play in a bowl. But that could change if the NCAA backs down on one of their rules. But we'll keep you up to date on all of that. When we come back, we'll tell you what else is going on at Southern Miss with the other sports and get you up to date on our picks and what happened in the Sunbelt Conference as the Eagle Hour on a Monday rolls on. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Don't forget that the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast is available from the following outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in, or you can always just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment brought to you by D1 and DBAT Training. Now, normally, if your softball or baseball team was having a little fall workout, Coach would get on the text line today or whatever and say, nope, wet fields, can't practice today. Well, look, if you've got a membership at D1 or DBAT, doesn't matter what it's doing outside because inside you're going to see state-of-the-art equipment. It's meticulously cleaned just about every hour, right? I mean, if 
COVID, they were doing that well, well before COVID, spraying everything down, making sure that everything's clean. So if you're in the batting cages where you can adjust the batting cages for fastballs, change-ups, curveballs, whatever. And, of course, if you want to set up an individualized training program, they can do that for you as well at D1 and DBAT Training, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Now, the kids are going to be coming home for Thanksgiving here shortly or you know some of your loved ones and uh, want to go out for coffee or whatever. Mobe Beignet would be the place to go. Because everybody loves those taste of New Orleans beignets, but they're even better at Mobay Beignet because they're fresh. They don't even make them until you order them. And, of course, they change the dipping sauces seasonally so that uh, it keeps you in the mood of that season. So Mobay Beignet, tell them we said, hey, the official beignet chowdown spot of the Super Talk Mississippi Eagle Hour. All right, let's get you up to date on other things going on at Southern Miss. The men will be back in uh, basketball action Wednesday night. Uh, at home at Southern Miss. We'll have more about that uh, tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, Travis Creel from the Southern Miss men's baseball team will be on the program, and we're going to break down an extensive signing class that Christian Ostrander and his assistants have um, have signed in the offseason. So we'll have Travis Creel, assistant coach, on with us tomorrow. And we also hope to hear from our eSports teams yeah, you know, the eSports like gaming that you always complain that your kids get too much of? Well, now they can get college scholarships actually gaming. And Southern Miss has won a national championship. E-gaming, eSports. We hope to have them on the program for an update because their championships are coming up in December. And we certainly want to hang on to those national championships uh, that we have. So if anybody asks you, what does Southern Miss ever won a national championship in? You can proudly tell them. Michael, do you know the video games real well? Like Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt. Uh, no, what's the one? Rainbow something. Is it Rainbow? Was it Ra- made after 1989? Oh, oh yes. Oh, okay, yes. I have no idea. Okay, it's Rainbow Six or Rainbow Seven, something like that. But they're the national champions. I'm sure, my five year old knows. Yeah, probably so. Uh, but we'll find out hopefully from the uh, from our esports teams tomorrow. All right, the. 2023 Volleyball Championship to be staged at the Foley Sports Tourism Complex in Foley, Alabama. Uh, Southern Miss garnered the five seed in the West, and they are going to face Marshall, which is the four seed in the East, and that will take place on Wednesday night. Wednesday night at 7 p.m., okay? Uh check that that will be or that might be thursday anyway i'll I'll get back to you on that i'll get back to you on that okay so but they're going to face marshall in the first round of of the first round that they're going to play in all right but the winner the good news are in the tournament and they're playing marshall all right but it's one and done if you lose you're out okay it's no double elimination but for either marshall or southern miss they would then advance to take on texas state which is the number one seed in the West, and Texas State is 11-1 and one on the year. Texas State was the number one seed in the West. Coastal Carolina in the East. Coastal Carolina 12-0 and 0 in volleyball this year, so some really strong uh, volleyball teams in the Sunbelt Conference. The volleyball tournament taking place beginning uh, with some play-in games on Wednesday, the 15th of uh, 
of November. So we'll keep you up to date there. All right, how how to do this weekend on our picks? Bob Getty, who had been leading the way, did not have such a great week. Luke and I both went seven and three. And we're really let down. We had great weeks going until the New Orleans Saints and Jacksonville Jaguars let us down. The Saints went on the road and got beat by Minnesota. And who can figure out this New Orleans Saints team? And Jameis Winston did what Jameis always does, throws into triple coverage there toward the end of the game. Jaguars have lost now three games at home this year, which is just unheard of. The Jags don't play very well at home. So the Saints and Jags let let us down. But now I'm just one game behind Bob. Luke is just two games behind Bob. Bob was really let down by, and we are pleased to say, by Louisiana Lafayette because he took ULL in the game against Southern Miss. So we can throw Bob under the bus. But uh, Texas State actually also let him down. I took Coastal in that game at at, uh, Texas State, and Texas State lost at home. So Bob was looking for them to um, hold serve, and they did not. So we've got a great show planned for you tomorrow. Get you up to date on the new baseball players coming into the fold, and there's a lot of them. Travis Creel will break it down for us. And then uh, Bob will return on Wednesday. For producer-engineer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us for a Monday Eagle Hour. And until we talk to you again tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss... To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.